Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Church, y'all been enjoying this Soul Care series? It's been good, right? Pastor Mike been walking us through the lens of the Bible to be able to show us principles to be able to properly take care of our souls. We were able to talk about stress and burnout. We talked about depression last week. Next week, Pastor Mike is going to come back and he's going to finish out this series and he's going to talk about fear and anxiety. But this week, the Holy Spirit led Pastor Mike for me to preach on this topic. And this topic is very passionate to me because in the last three years, the greatest revelation and greatest teaching that Christ has taught me has been this topic today. And I believe that anointing teaching breaks the yoke. And a lot of times anointed teaching just doesn't mean that the teacher is that gifted. But what it means is that the teacher has lived and has gained victory through Christ over the subject matter that they're teaching. And what it does, it gives the teacher authority over what they're teaching and it creates an atmosphere for breakthrough to happen. Amen? See, this topic that God gave me to teach on today is rest. But it's rest according to the kingdom of God's way. See, the seed of the revelation that God gave me started about three years ago. I had just left the FAA as an air traffic controller. The next week, as I entered into ministry, COVID hit, the world shut down, right? But we never stopped at the Dream Center. For seven months straight, we did outreaches five times a week, giving out diapers and meals and giving out resources for the community. We also designated four hubs in the North Baton Rouge area, community partners, where we went out and did the same thing. We also went to North 39th and North 38th and Kane, painted the basketball courts and did block parties, three of them, to restore the block. I was also mentoring 10 different young men at that time. I had a nonprofit going where I was in five different states doing five different work. And at the end, I felt depleted. See, in my quiet time, I was still doing my spiritual disciplines. I was fasting and praying and rightly dividing God's word like I never had before. But at the end of year one, I was empty, I was depleted, and I was weary. And I said, God, you called me in this thing for life, and after year one, I'm ready to tap out. And God used the situation in the airport as a seed to transform my life. I was standing in the long line at Southwest down there in New Orleans, right? I know Southwest got them long lines, right? And I'm looking over here to the left-hand side, and I see this young lady, man. She, she got a huge dilemma. She's trying to get to her destination, but her bags keep being overweight. She don't even have enough room to zip up her bag. So I watch her, right? About 15 minutes. Y'all be ever watch some people be on the side? I seen one dude pull out a whole couch one time. I'm like, bro, how you get that in there? But them boys be stressed out, right? And I'm watching her. I mean, she tried to maneuver her clothes about two, 20 times, right? 
and she never could get it. Every time she put it on the scale, it was still overweight. She still couldn't zip it up. And so finally, she got on the phone with her mom, and she told her mom, she said, look, I was down here in New Orleans. I bought all these brand new clothes, but I got my dirty clothes in there, and I'm trying to stuff the new clothes in, but it won't fit. So after a while, young girl just got tired. So she took all the dirty clothes out, threw them away, packed the new clothes, zipped it all the way up, put it on a scale, it was good to go, and she was ready to go to her next destination. And at that time, God spoke in my spirit. He said, that's what's wrong with your soul. I said, I'm good, God. I mean, I'm straight. I got a carry-on bag. I'm good. <laughs> he says, no, that's what's wrong with your soul. He said, my son, you have in your soul some dirty clothes. And he said, you keep trying to stuff the newness of God on top of it, but it won't fit because you still have the newness of God, the old clothes underneath, and the newness of God won't fit. See, church, in my quiet time, I kept asking God, fill me up, God, fill me up. And God said, that's a great prayer, but hold on to that one. He said, the first thing that you should be praying is, God, empty my soul of the dirty clothes, and then I have room to fill you up. Amen? See, I understand when Jesus was saying, new wine can't go in the old wineskins because it what? It burst. And that's how my soul felt like it was about to burst. It's like the Apostle Paul says, what? Get rid of the old and put on the new. So church, what am I saying? Our souls are like suitcases, right? And what we need to do is constantly give God access to unpack and to take out the things that are dirty in our lives. Why? So that he can fill us up at the same time with the newness of God. And then our souls will not be overweight, and then we can go to the next destination in our kingdom purpose. Amen? Amen. See, church, this is vital. This is very vital. You know the saying that people say, man, what a person don't know won't hurt them, right? Well, God told me, he says, what you don't know about your soul is destroying you. And it can destroy everybody around you. See, the suitcase of our souls is one piece of luggage that we can never misuse, never mishandle, and never lose. That's why in our foundation verse in Mark chapter 8, the Bible says, if a man gains the world, right? And the world means the anti-God systems. So why would a person want to gain it anyway? But it says, if a person gains the whole world but loses the suitcase of their soul, what do they get from it? See, you got the spirit and the body, and the soul is in the middle. It's a decision maker. The soul is the scream of life. That's why in 3 John 2, the Bible says that, Beloved, I wish above all things that you what? That you prosper. That word prosper means to be successful on a journey. And it says, be in good health, having physical health. But it says, even as your soul prospers. So church, what God was telling us is, in order for us to have a successful journey in life, in order for us to start having physical health, the mind, emotions, and the will, and the soul has to prosper first. See, true kingdom prosperity 
depends solely on us allowing God to unpack and fill us up in our souls. It's very vital, church. I always say to myself and to others, we can never live above the level of self-awareness of our souls. And that's why God is telling you and I that we need rest in it. Amen? In Matthew 11, verse 28, the Bible says, and this is Jesus talking, he says, come to me. Everybody say, come to me. All you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Church, we live in a generation where everything is electronical, right? Now, I came across some recently a couple of years ago, some called an e-invite. Y'all know what an e-invite is? I got a friend that sent an e-invite just to go out to eat on a daily basis. I'm like, Brad, don't take all that, right? But an e-invite, right? I remember you used to just put the Barney invitation to a party inside of the backpack. But now you can just send it out email and text-wise. But three things that I learned about an e-invite is this. I learned that an e-invite is broad, right? You send it out to everybody, but for one event. The second thing I learned is this. Even though it's broad, it's personalized. So it's that person's specific name that is on it. And the third thing that I learned is that you can either accept or deny this e-invite. And as I studied the life of Jesus, as he walked around in his ministry, I noticed that Jesus was the king of e-invites. He would walk around and say, repent. That was the invitation. Why? For the kingdom of God is at hand. Or he would walk around and say, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. That was the invitation. Or Jesus would say, enter by the narrow gate. That was a broad invitation to enter the kingdom. It was personalized for you and me and everybody that was around. And we had the ability to accept and deny it. And in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, the first phrase of that verse, Jesus gives another invitation. And he says, come to me. See, I noticed some church. I noticed Jesus didn't say, come to a religion. I noticed he didn't say, come to a doctrine. I noticed he didn't say, come to a creed. I noticed he didn't say, come to a pastor. I noticed he didn't even say, come to church yet, right? All those are vital and good in the kingdom of God. But before you're able to get to those things, Jesus said, you got to come to me first. See, that's why 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, the Bible tells us that for no other foundation can be laid except which has already been laid, which is Jesus Christ. So what Jesus was telling us in Matthew 11, big dog, is that the only entity that's on this earth that can give you rest is him. See, that, 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 that word come to me, right? I know we read it and it look a little, it look a little soft, right? Give me a piece, got his little small ears, right? But it look a little soft, right? But that was actually, when you read it in the Greek, it was a command. It was an imperative. Jesus say, come now. Come right now. Come to me. Why? He says, so I can give you rest. See, the first thing we need to understand, church, rest is needed. But what is rest? Because in our worldview, in our perspective, we think of rest just in the physical, right? 
But when it comes to the kingdom of God, rest is an inside job. Because we can go to our amazing family at Grace Family Chiropractor, right? And let Dr. Jessica give us an amazing massage, right? And, and give us an alignment like we never had before. Or we can call up Mr. Ty and Mr. Lee over at Mattress Direct and get the best temper mattress you can ever have. You can have a self-care day. You can have a self-care year. You can have nothing on your schedule and still have no rest in your soul. See, the cycle of rest in the kingdom flows from the inside out. See, what is rest? It comes from a term that is in agriculture, right? There's a season in life where farmers, they plant heavy crops. I mean, they plowing, they planting, they cultivating, they working the ground. But then there comes a season that the farmer only plant light crops. Why? So that they can give the ground an opportunity to recuperate, to restore, and to rejuvenate. And church, that's what God and Christ wants to do to our souls. He wants to recuperate it, rejuvenate it, to replenish it back to health. He wants to take care of the suitcase of our souls internally. And who did Jesus give this invitation to? He said, I give it to everybody who labor and are heavy laden. See, that word labor comes from an idea of like a person that's in the ring with a boxer getting beat up, right? Or like a, prison, or like a, a soldier that's at war, right? And there's a beating that is coming upon them. And at the end of it, they are weary. They are exhausted. They are tired. And then that word heavy laden. I want you to imagine a ship with no cargo pulling up to a dock. And then they put all this cargo upon this ship. And as that ship leaves and tries to go to its destination, it has a heavy load on its back. And what it's doing is stopping that ship from getting to its destination with efficiency. See, that's how we are at times, church. We have a heavy burden that is upon us. We feel beaten, weary, exhausted, physically and spiritually, and ready to throw in the towel. See, Jesus was speaking to so many things when he talks about having a heavy burden. He was talking about sin in our lives that weighs us down and put guilt upon us. He was just talking about religious rituals or tradition that tries to make us earn the grace of God. And Jesus was saying these things are not supposed to be upon your soul. See, I've noticed something. Just like I was three years ago, we like the Christian energizer bunnies, right? We just keep going, keep going, and keep going. And God says if we continue to go at that pace, our souls are going to feel the blunt force of it. And that suitcase of our soul will continue to have damage to it. Have y'all ever been to the airport and seen somebody? Now, we ain't talking bad about them. But ever been to the airport and seen somebody with some busted luggage, right? You can see all their clothes hanging out, right? God says, that's how it is when we don't get rest. 
that blunt force is bringing damage to our souls. And God says we need rest. See, I was looking at a, a video a couple of weeks ago, and it was a talking about NASCAR, right? And he was interviewing this NASCAR driver. And he was like, man, a lot of people have NASCAR kind of messed up. They have the perspective of it wrong. He said, a lot of people think the key to winning a race is to have the fastest car. He says, a lot of times people think the key to winning the race is to having the best driver. He says, a lot of times people think the key to the race is a specific course. But the driver said, all those are important. He said, but the most vital thing about a NASCAR race is what we see on this screen, the pit stop. He said the pit stop is where the driver's mind get refreshed. It's where the vehicle gets recalibrated. It's where the tires are changed. It's where the fuel is being refueled. Church, every one of us need a soul pit stop right now for the King Jesus. We need a kingdom pit stop. As I look right there, I think about Jesus when his disciples went on that, that ministry mission and they came back excited and ready to go to the next one. And Jesus said, no, let's take a pit stop for our souls. He said, let's go to a desolate place and rest for a while. See, church, we need a kingdom pit stop for our souls so that God can refresh our minds, so that he can recalibrate our bodies and so that he can refill our souls and we can continue on the kingdom purpose that he has for us. See, the Bible in Ecclesiastes 9 11 says, the race is not for the swift. The apostle Nipsey Hussle says, the marathon must continue. <laughs> what he's saying is this, in order for us to continue on the purpose that God has for us, kingdom pit stop is a must. And we have to take care of this soul. Why? Because it's the most important part of who we are. Amen? The first thing we need to know, rest is needed. The second thing, you go to Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29. Jesus say, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. See, the first command and invitation we see Jesus give was to come to me. The second invitation we see Jesus give is to take. And we see an exchange that's going on. Jesus say, I'll give you rest for your soul as long as you take up my yoke. See, the second thing we must understand after rest is needed, we must understand that rest is an exchange, church, but it's conditional. Jesus said, the only way that you get that rest for your soul is if you take up my yoke. And what is a yoke? Jesus wasn't talking about going to Waffle House and getting those scrambled eggs with cheese, was he? We have a picture of a yoke that's going to be brought up. But a yoke is anything that joins two things together. A yoke was used as a wooden bar that would take oxen and donkeys and put them together. You put a cargo on a wagon and then they both go to the destination. 
And what Jesus was telling each and every one of us, that the only way that you and I can have true rest for our souls is we fully get yoked up with him. See, there's many yokes that we can take up, church. There's a yoke of bondage. There's a yoke of slavery. There's a yoke of fear. There's a yoke of pride. There's a yoke of self-righteousness. All these are yokes that we can take up. And the thing about it is this. Only two people can fit in a yoke. And if we join the other yokes, that means we have to take our necks out of the yoke of Christ and join the other yokes and we no longer abide with Christ. See, we have to be yoked with Christ. See, it's crazy that a person that is heavy laden and person that has a lot of labor and that's weary, Jesus is telling them to take up something else, right? But Jesus say, take up my yoke because it is easy in the next verse. And then Jesus say, learn from me, right? Why did he say learn from me? Because Jesus is the master teacher. See, Jesus' central message that he taught was the gospel of the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God in every part of our lives. And the reason why he taught that is because he wanted his disciples and you and I to understand that the kingdom is meant out to be lived in our souls. So Jesus was telling us, learn from me. Be yoked up with me. See, I love the words of Jesus, right? Jesus Christ says that I am, he said he's a rabbi. Rabbi means master teacher. Disciple means student. So Jesus was actually teaching his disciples how to do life. And when we get yoked up with Christ, church, what that means is we must adopt the lifestyle of Christ. See, the thing that I've noticed on myself earlier in my ministry, but also in the body of Christ, is that we don't think that we can adopt the lifestyle of Jesus Christ. We think that we see the stories in the Gospels, right? And we're like, man, that's a cool story, bro. That's some good information. But Jesus didn't give it to us just for information. Jesus gave it to us for application. Jesus say, I need you to be yoked with me. I need you to learn from me. Jesus say, I need you to get under my yoke and I walk step by step with you in your kingdom purpose. Learn from me. How I spoke, you speak. How I had faith, you have faith. How I walk, you walk. How I love, you love. See, I told Jesus this. I said, Jesus, I was a two-time academic All-American at Kent State. I wouldn't dare put all that effort into education and not in the education of learning from Christ. When I was a kid, I wanted to learn from Dwayne Wade as a basketball player. I wanted to be like Mike, Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan, Michael Tyson, whatever one you wanted to say. In football, I wanted to be like Emmitt Smith. I wanted to learn from now. Watch their highlights. I wanted to learn from Darren McFadden. But in the kingdom, Jesus say, learn from me. See, church, there is no discipleship, there is no spiritual growth, and there is no rest in our souls if we are not yoked with Christ and learning from him. See, rest in your soul in the kingdom is becoming the most passionate and most eager learner of Christ that you can. See, Jesus tells us in Luke chapter 6, he said, a student won't be greater than a teacher. 
But he said this. He said, but every student that is perfectly trained will be just like their teacher. So church, we got to be yoked with Christ, learning from him, walking with him. See, the reason why Christ wants us to be yoked with him and learn from his teachings is because Jesus Christ's teachings are the laws of the soul. And if we continue to violate those laws, whether we know or do not know, it brings injury to our souls. See, one of my favorite movies is, is uh, Soul Food. Y'all remember Soul Food? Big Mama can cook a whole Sunday dinner to feed the whole church, right? But Jesus says, the food that I give you is food for your soul. See, man don't live on Big Mama cornbread alone. But he lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God and Jesus Christ. So we must be the greatest students that we possibly can. That's why Jesus said, and I know we like to misquote it all the time, the truth shall set us free. But Jesus said a whole other verse before that. In John 8, 31 and 32, Jesus said to the Jews that believed in him, he said, if you abide in my word, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciple. Then you are my student indeed. And then you will know the absolute truth. And that truth will set you free. Where? Set you free in your soul, church. See, the greatest temperpudic mattress that you can ever get is to rest in the promises of God. So church, there is no rest without being yoked and learning from Christ. So we learn that rest is needed. We learn that rest is an exchange. And we go to verse 30 to get the last one. Jesus says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I don't know if everybody knows this, but Jesus' profession before he walked in his public ministry was a carpenter. Now, I wasn't very familiar with the work of a carpenter, so I had to look up the definition fully. And we got this definition on the screen, and I want to show you guys this. It says, a carpenter specializing in working with wood to construct to install and to repair structures and objects. It says, a carpenter, they are highly trained in their craft and possess a deep understanding of woodworking techniques and principles. Church, the last thing that we need to understand is rest is Jesus. As our band comes up, See, Jesus was a carpenter by profession, but Jesus was also the divine carpenter. And what he did was he construct a yoke for every single one of us. That's why he said the yoke is easy. The yoke is easy because it fits easily around your neck. 
because the yoke is suitable for your kingdom purpose. It ain't for us to go and get underneath someone else's yoke. Jesus, the divine carpenter, has a yoke that is suitable and tailor-made for every person's kingdom purpose here. And once we get underneath that yoke that is made for us, that's where Jesus installs rest in our soul. And once we get that rest in our soul, Jesus says, my job as a divine carpenter is to repair all of the brokenness that is taking place in your soul. And then it says that a carpenter, a carpenter is highly skilled in his craft. Church, Jesus know what he's talking about. Why? Because every person and every yoke was created in and through him. But it talked about techniques and principles. See, the only way that we can get under that yoke and the only way that rest can be installed in us and the only way that we can have repair to our souls is if we take the techniques and principles of Jesus Christ to be yoked fully with him. Church, rest is needed. Rest is an exchange. Rest is Jesus. See, in Psalm 23, one of the most familiar passages we had, the Bible says that God, the shepherd, he will make us lie down in green pastures. He will lead us beside the still waters, and he will restore our souls. See, I learned something, church. A sheep never lie down until they're full. And what they eat is the pastures. So what Jesus wants to do, he wants us to eat and lie down in the things that we eat. He wants us to feed on his word and rest upon it as well. And Jesus say, I will lead you beyond the still waters. See, sheep never drink water that is gushing out. They only drink from quiet waters. What is God telling me and you, church? He says, I want you to feed on the word of God, and I want you to rest internally on my promises, and then I will lead you to the quiet and still waters in your soul. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.